0: minister to you this morning on uh, the on from Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 if you would turn over to Hebrews and uh, I'm going to talk about the laying on of hands and uh something that we need to uh teach it more and we need to teach it more clearly because the body of Christ for the most part does not understand the doctrine of the laying on of hands. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. In the NIV and the New American Standard Bible, it talks about that these are the elementary teachings about Christ. The elementary teachings about Christ; these are what we would call the foundational teachings about Christ, and yet we have a lot of people that don't understand them. And I want you to make sure that you that we have in this church a clear understanding about the laying on of hands, the, about this very important doctrine of Christ, one that God calls an elementary doctrine. Elementary doctrines are the doctrines we ought to learn in elementary school. Amen. In spiritual elementary school, no matter when you get saved, if you're 40, you enroll in elementary school in the kingdom of God. Did you know that? But how many of you know we ought to go, we ought not to stay in kindergarten, even spiritually. We ought not to stay in first grade. We ought not to stay in second grade. We ought to be continually learning and growing and promoting. I know a lot more than I even knew two years ago. Amen. But we have a lot of people that are stagnant in the body of Christ and they don't grow. And so we sometimes have people that have been Christians 30, 40, 50 years and they're still in kindergarten. And uh, so we need to teach it better and to teach it more clearly. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, This is one of the doctrines of Christ. That's important. That puts a lot of importance on it when he said the principles of the doctrine of Christ. A doctrine of Christ is important, wouldn't you say? A doctrine of Christ. And he listed some things there that are the doctrines of Christ. You know, sometimes I guess we put importance on things that are not as important as even these. There's the doctrines of Christ. Uh, You know most Christians do not practice the doctrine of laying on of hands even though it's one of the elementary doctrines, it's one of the foundational doctrines, and it's one of the doctrines of Christ. Most Christians do not practice this doctrine. Did you know that only 3% of the United States is Pentecostal? There's more Lutheran in the United States than Pentecostal. And and so most of the body of Christ is not practicing this doctrine. Because usually we find people that are Pentecostal practicing this doctrine. But I have found, and even myself, that even as Pentecostals practicing, and we include ourselves in that overall Pentecostal, you know, full gospel, however you want to say it, believe the whole Bible, spirit-filled, however you want to say it, we're in that in that group group. Um, As a whole, and uh, but I found even in our groups, and even myself several years ago, practicing somewhat the laying on of hands and believing in the laying on of hands, but uh, didn't really understand the doctrine, didn't really have full understanding of the doctrine of laying on of hands. Laying on of hands is God's booster cables or God's jumper cables. Have you ever had to jump start your car to get it started? Anybody in here ever had to jump start their car? Did anybody in here ever have an old battery and you got it started but you didn't dare shut it off? Because you knew it wasn't gonna you know it wasn't gonna go again? Hallelujah. You know, they've made great improvements in cars these days. I remember as a young child that it was kind of like these things went on all the time, or maybe it was just that we drove old cars. I don't know what it was. Maybe, maybe some people didn't have these problems, but it seemed like my family had a lot of these car problems. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, now we just get in the car and go. I don't have to think about it much. My requirement is you better start, and the air conditioner better work. If that doesn't, if it meets, if it doesn't meet those two requirements, it's like trade it in. I do not want a car with the air conditioner not working for any reason. Hallelujah. But anyway, uh, it's kind of like that spiritually. People can get run down in Jesus and they need a boost. Amen. They need a boost. But we need to find out how to get those boosts today, and we need to find out how to keep hold of them. Amen. the laying on of hands is transmitting the anointing of God. The laying on of hands is transmitting the anointing of God. It's transmitting the power of God. When we lay hands on someone, we ought to be transmitting something. You know, Brother Hagen would talk on some of his tapes about them coming in to lay hands on the deacons, and he said it was empty hands on empty heads. You know, we, but, and sometimes people do lay hands just as a figuratively, just kind of as a symbol, but no, there ought to be something being transmitted out of us and there will be if we understand the laying on of hands because you've got the stuff on the inside of you. The, you've got the right stuff. Amen? You've got the right stuff when you got born again. But if you don't know what it is and you don't know what to do with it and you don't know how to believe for it, it'll just sit in there on the inside of you and it won't do anybody any good, including yourself. Amen? So we'll find out today and we'll get it flowing and rolling. Uh, Luke 24:49. Man, that was a good song, Kevin. And I think we ought to believe God to get that one out there into the body of Christ. Luke twenty four forty nine, Because the body of Christ needs that song. The body of Christ needs songs about the blood. That was awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for giving it to him. It's Jesus, isn't it? It's Jesus. It was just flat Jesus. Luke 24, 49. Hallelujah. It just sounded like Jesus. Felt like Jesus. Looked like Jesus. Luke 24, 49. But Kevin's got something in him. And he knows how to activate it. Luke 24, 49. It says in Luke 24, it says, And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, that Jesus, you know, had risen out of the grave. But him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Uh, Am I in the wrong place? I surely am. I'm in (laughs) 20. Okay, thank you. Verse 49. Uh, That was a good teaching. I could have taught on that. 24, 49. And Jesus talking to them. This is after He rose from the dead. He's talking to them. Before He ascends into heaven, remember? And He says, And behold, I send the promise of My Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He told them to go wait in Jerusalem that they were going to be endued with something. They were going to be endued with power. And we know that when they went to Jerusalem and they tarried there and waited, and, and they weren't waiting on God to get ready, they were waiting for the proper time. God was sa- God told them, go there and be there at the right time, at the right place. Because there's, the, there's, the, there's a timing, there's timing in God. And so he, they went and they got baptized in the Holy Ghost and they spoke in other tongues. And they got something besides tongues. They got endued with power from on high. And when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, you got endued with power from on high. That power, that endowment, that endowment is inside of you. You have something inside of you. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have a power that's from on high. You got a power from heaven on the inside of you. And it's it's more powerful than you've recognized or known. And it's uh and it's and, and we got to get it to the outside of us. We got to get it working in the earth today. Amen. We got to get the power that's on the inside of us out and flowing out into the world to help a lost and dying world. Amen. They're looking for power. If they weren't looking for power, they wouldn't be calling psychic hotlines and going to the pet psychic. Give me strength. On the animal planet. Have you all seen that? This dog's just saying to me. Oh, (laughs) Oh, please. (laughs) Huh? It is an open door. You, You play around with that silly, piddly stuff, and it is an open door to get you a demon. Amen. And to get you demon possessed, and you don't want it. Amen. So uh, he told his di- disciples, "Go, and you're going to be endued with on- power from on high. This is dunamis power, or what? The, the, it's it's dynamite power in the spiritual sense. Amen. Uh, it's transmittable, and it's transferable. You can transmit this power, and the way you transmit it, and is through the laying on of hands." Through your hands, this power is transmitted. God really never showed us any other way to transmit the power but through the laying on of hands. Hallelujah! We don't put our feet on people. We don't throw a stick at somebody. (laughs) You know, we don't. um, We we lay that we lay our hands on them. Um, We need to build our faith up that we've got something on the inside. We need to build our faith up that when we lay hands on people, that something is deposited, something is transmitted. we got to get faith built up in that area. Because for so long, we've not really known. We've prayed for people just out of our compassion and our mercy and the heart of God in us that wants to see people healed, but we've not really known that when we laid hands on them, something was deposited. Something went into them. And we've just hoped God would do something. We've just hoped that there's something would happen, but really never thought about it was something coming out of us. Something, to come, something meant to come out of us and to go into them. And you know, we need, to ha- we need to know there's something inside of us. And one of the things we've got to do, see, sometimes we felt so unworthy. Cause you, but you've got to remember, this stuff isn't coming out of your head. It's not coming out of your flesh. It's coming out of your spirit man. And your spirit man is 100% pure. Amen. The Bible says it's been sealed by the Holy Ghost so that nothing that can get in there that's not good and that's not right. Now, if you are walking uprightly before God, you're just naturally going to have more faith towards God. And you're going to have more faith, and it's going to make it easier for you to release into people. But we're not talking about finding somebody perfect, a perfect man or a perfect woman, and those are the only people God can use. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Because we already know there's not any. Except Jesus was. But so much of the church has has received this condemnation of how unworthy we are. And when you do that, you have to relegate all the power over to Jesus. So therefore, everything passed away when Jesus passed away. I mean, you know, He had all the power. He's the only one that could heal. He's the only one that could do anything. He's the only one that had the power of God flowing in Him. And the reason they do that is because they don't know that by the power of the Holy Ghost you were transformed, you were recreated, you have been made into a perfect man on the inside. Amen? And you gotta get it on. You gotta get this perfect man. You, you're you're working if you're if you're walking uprightly before God and you're doing the right thing. You are using the perfect man all the time to try to straighten out your flesh, man, to grow, to mature, to get rid of the stuff, the attitudes, the the things that we need to get rid of. Amen. You know, uh, uh. <coughs> some people when they get born again they get delivered from all their nasty habits or some of, most of their nasty habits right there at born again. Like if they're an alcoholic, they get delivered when they're born again. If they cuss, they get delivered when they... I mean, they, maybe they're one of those that can curse like a sailor. We've heard that referred to. Men, but they get saved and they never... It just Curse words don't come anymore. But did you know not all people get delivered when they get saved from those things? Now see, we've said in the body of Christ at large, not here, well, you must not be saved because you still have a problem. But that's not true. That's not true. Now you should be growing and you should be changing, but some people have to have to take the faith and the anointing of God, and they have to begin to, they have to begin to believe God out of those things. And everybody can be free. But some people get free different ways. Now, do you want to know why some people get free immediately when they get saved? Not because God loves some people more. Not because God, man, you look, you're look, you're in a terrible shape. I just have more mercy on you. And I'm trying to teach this old boy something, so I want him to have to work at it. No, that's not why. The reason some people get immediately set free when they're born again is because some people are bound because of a demon power. Some people are are addicted to alcohol because of a demonic power. Addicted to tobacco because of a, a, a demonic power. Some people have a cursing problem and that's an old demon in them cursing. And when they get saved, that demon can't live there anymore and they are free. But some people just have a problem in their flesh. They're just addicted in their flesh. And those people can get saved... And nothing changed. They still got an alcohol problem. They still have a taste for that stuff. Why? Because they they have a taste for it in their flesh. And they have a taste for it. And they're going to have to take the power of God that's in them now, take the Word of God, take their faith, and believe themselves out of it. Amen? Amen. And so uh, you're pure on the inside. You're holy. Your your spirit man is pure, and you have dunamis power. You have a deposit from on high inside of you. Um, let's turn to John chapter seven, verse thirty seven. I want you to see this power from on high and this what we have on the inside of us. It says in John seven thirty seven. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Well, this is us. We believed on Him. And so He says out of our belly is supposed to be flowing something. Amen? Amen. What's supposed to be flowing out of our belly? The belly is the innermost being. Some versions translate that that way. Out of our innermost being, out of our spirit, man, there's something supposed to be flowing and it's a river of living water flowing out of us. Amen? Uh, The water there is a uh, type of the Holy Ghost. A type of the anointing. So he could have said, out of your innermost being, the, the anointing is going to flow. The Holy Ghost is going to flow. That dunamis power, that endowment from on high, that endowment from heaven is going to flow out of you out of your innermost being. Amen. He told that woman, he said, come and drink. Let him come unto me and drink. He said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Man, we need to learn to start drinking at the fountain of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, there's a way to drink. One of the ways we drink, one of the ways we drink of the Holy Ghost is to believe and we receive and to, uh, uh, when hands are laid on us, to believe that we take that deposit in and to receive. Hallelujah. Not to be an old stump up here. You can tell the stumps. It's like laying hands on dead wood. They're not pulling anything out of you. They're not believing. They're hoping God will do something. Well, if you want to do something, God, if you, you know, no. You gotta pull on the anointing. Believe, you know, you gotta, you gotta make a draw with your heart, with your faith, with your attitude. I'm taking everything God has for me because I need it. Amen. Everything you want to deposit in me today, God. And so that's one of the ways we drink. Hallelujah. Is when hands are laid on us. Another way we drink uh, of Jesus is when, by saying. By saying. We drink of the power of God when we talk about and say uh, the Word of God. When you say the Word of God, you're drinking of the power of God. When you say these things, you're drinking of that, the power of God. I thank you, Lord, for divine health in my family. And though a thousand may fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, it will not come near us. You're drinking of the power of God. You're taking a drink when you say with your mouth, Amen. So Jesus said, they'll come and drink of me and they will believe the word of God. They'll believe on me. They'll believe my word. And out of their belly will flow a river of living water. So out of you, something's transmitted. Something's uh, transferred when you lay hands on people. Amen? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. (laughs) John 4, 14. If you'll go back a few pages with me but whosoever drinketh, there we go drinking again, drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. You won't be hungry and thirsty if you'll drink of this water. You won't be dissatisfied in life. You won't be dry and I just feel so down and I just feel so depressed. You're not drinking. You're not drinking if you're down and you're depressed and you know every once in a while I have a little feeling of not maybe encouraged, but I get to drinking. I get to saying of the Lord. I know um, about, I told Rita this, about two or three weeks ago, I got up one morning and I just didn't feel encouraged. I actually had this feeling kind of waft over me of discouragement. And I thought to myself, I said, Debbie, your circumstances are not one bit different than they were five days ago or four days ago or three days ago. And you were encouraged then. Well, you know, discouragement, not always, but sometimes it's just a demon spirit. Just walked by you, tried to influence you. Demons influence for negativity and for evil. They do. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I took, I went, you know, when I realized, my sir, there wasn't anything different to be discouraged about. Nothing had changed. Nothing was worse. Hallelujah. And I started, I just rebuked the devil and started take drinking. That thing didn't last, that little discouragement. And you know, some people, see, they feed on that stuff. And if you give place to it, for long, you've got a demon. You can get demon, you can get yourself demon possessed if you want to. If you play around with that stuff. And that's how people get demon-possessed. People don't get demon-possessed because they're sitting in the living room one day and they're just sitting there and all of a sudden their eyes turn red and some demon power takes possession of them and all of a sudden they've got a demon. That's not how people get demon-possessed. They get demon-possessed one day at a time, one step at a time, yielding to the devil. Yielding, Yielding to discouragement will pretty soon bring you to... Uh, 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 depression. You yield to discouragement. You, you yield to it. Then in a day, or just a few days, it don't take long. All of a sudden, you've got full-blown depression. And then you just don't rebuke that, and you just keep yielding to depression, and keep yielding to depression, and keep yielding to depression, and keep yielding to, keep yielding to it. Pretty soon, you are in despair. And you have a demon spirit you're possessed by. Him. Not in your spirit, in your flesh. Possessed is wrong word, oppressed is a better word. Possessed if you're not a Christian, oppressed if you are. Oppressed. In other words, that demon has a stronghold in your life. he's got hold of you. and now at that point, you cannot even do anything about being discouraged and depressed. But family, we don't want to give one inch to the devil. We don't want to give one eighth of an inch to the devil. We don't want to give him a 32nd of an inch. So we got to, you know, uh, the, one of the, one, I think she writes greeting cards says, snap out of it. We ought to snap out of it. And my, my aunt, one time I had, a little, I had a little sign in my house and it said snap out of it. She says, I don't think it's always that easy. And you know, it's not in the late stages, but in the beginning stages, it is. It's just that easy. Take the Word of God and snap out of it. But in the later stages, no. Can people get free that have been oppressed by a demon? Yeah. It takes the anointing to destroy the yoke and remove the burden. Amen. But I tell you what, all it takes is no in Jesus' name when you start off. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he said there, uh, Mark four fourteen. that was a little side journey, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him. In him, say in me. In me, a well of water springing up into everlasting life you got a well of water in you and it wants to spring up into everlasting life or everlasting zoe. Everlasting aionius zoe, the life as God has it. Everlasting, that means forever. Forever you have the life of God in you, the life as God has it. It's in you, springing up into eternal life, springing up inside of me. He that cometh to me and drink. Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So there it is again, the water, the type of the Holy Ghost, the type of the anointing. Praise God. Praise God. Um, Believers, you know, Jesus told believers, and we do this, we've all done this, to go and receive another experience for service. Go to Acts 1.8. You know, they had been born again after Jesus was raised from the dead. He, The Bible said He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And that's at that point when they were born again. Up until that point, they had believed on Him, but they had not been able to be saved because Jesus had not paid the price for salvation. Everybody understand that? And so they had not been able to be saved, even though they had believed on him. And so after he was raised from the dead, he breathed on them and they received the Holy Ghost. When people are born again, they receive the Holy Ghost on the inside. They're made into new creatures. But then he had told them in Acts 1 8, um, I mean, in Luke, we just read it, where he said, Go and tarry into Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Look at Acts 1 8. It says, uh, Jesus again, it's. He's speaking. Um, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He said that there's a power going to get on the inside of you, and, it's, and that power is going to make you a witness. We're not a very good witness to the world without the power. Amen. And He said, you're going to have a power that's on the inside of you. And what makes us a really good witness is when we transmit power. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. When we transmit that power to a lost and dying world, it gets their attention. Glory to God. Mark chapter 16. Glory to God. I know my grandmother, we were saved, but we weren't baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now she was, and she had been believing for us to be. And she had given us all kinds of books. You know, I think she had given us books by John Osteen. And I know she had by John Osteen. I can't remember right offhand anybody else. But she had given us some books about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We just set them on the shelf. We didn't do nothing with them. We just thought she was crazy. I've told you about her Jesus person. We thought she was little new, little loony. We really loved her. We loved our granny. I mean, because granny was so much fun and so sweet and so loving. Granny loved everybody, and granny makes the made the best peach cobbler and the best cream pies in all the whole wide world. And still, there's nobody been able to catch her yet. And, uh, and, uh, but uh, you know what? That power. One day I had. Uh, It was homecoming in West Texas, and I was working for my mom and her florist, and I don't know what I got into at that florist. But I was standing there, and I started breaking out in whelps, and all of a sudden my throat started tightening up, which I didn't even know that was dangerous. I wasn't even smart enough to know that was dangerous. But I just jumped in my car, and you know it was a little bitty town. We don't even have a traffic light in this town. And I just throwed that Suburban in, drove to the doctor's office, walked in and said... I'm broke out, and my throat's closing up. She said, get back here, you know. I didn't even have to sit down in the waiting room that day. And uh, I, they got me back there. That doctor came in there immediately, and he threw a uh, uh, something into my vein, a, a needle, and he started pumping Benadryl in me to get that all to go away. Well, you know, went home, and I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's the next day or a few hours later, that's been too long. Here I go again. Mm-hmm. And so went down there. He threw, been about three times I go, and he throws Benadryl in my vein, getting me to this allergic reaction that I'm having to something to go away. No, don't know what it is. Nothing new have I come encounter with that I know of. Um, and so, um, but see now, I'm just a Christian. I'm, I'm not baptizing the Holy Ghost. But my grandmother said, can I come over there and pray for you? And I said, well, yeah, I don't. And you know she came over there and it wasn't my faith, I can tell you. And she laid her hands on me and she prayed and she transmitted something. And you know what? It was it was dunamis power. And I got healed instantly. Instantly got healed. And I want to tell you, she had my attention. It wasn't. It wasn't four months after that till we were baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. And already, two weeks after we were baptized in the Holy Ghost, we started our first Bible study in our home. Hallelujah! We were already in the ministry. See, when some, when we transmit power to people, that's when we're going to get their attention. Amen. She didn't have our attention when she gave us a book. When she gave us her testimony. And you know, at once, but once they transmit power to you, you don't care if you think they're crazy. You don't care if they carry Jesus purses. You don't care if they wear a cross that's made out of uh, railroad nails on, around their neck. I mean, and Granny did all of that kind of stuff. You don't care. You know, if they transmit power to you, that's all you care about. Hallelujah. I found somebody with an answer because Dr. Redwine did not have the answer. All he could do was shoot the Benadryl, and then here I'd go again. He didn't have an answer. But Jesus had an answer and it was inside her. And it was a domino effect. My husband didn't get healed, but we both got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then it and you know it's affected, look how many people it's affected through the generations. Look, it's affected Colin and Eric. These are our sons. I think sometimes when people come in, they think we brought the FBI agents in. You know, two guys in in suits and they're all they're very, they're very and it looks like, you know, that uh, Dateline was going to investigate us and we already got the FBI here or something, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just teasing y'all. <laughs> they sit on each corner. I mean, it's kind of, doesn't it kind of give you that? <laughs> no, I'm just anyway but it's affected their lives it's affected then generations after that but it did and then it affected all of Seagraves Texas 2,500 people they all knew about it some of them it affected in a greater and nicer way than others but it affected the entire town and then we moved to Seminole and 18 miles away we started infecting that town and affecting that town and it's affected our parents some of them in a more positive way than others, but it affected them. Amen. Hallelujah. Because see, when we transmit power, then that's when we've really been a witness. Amen. Turn to Mark chapter 16. Are we there? Did did we already read it? We didn't read it. I didn't think so. Mark 16 verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is so important. You need to draw circles around that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Hallelujah. It's so important that we begin to do the gospel like Jesus told us to do the gospel. So many times we don't have success transmitting the dunamis power of God in the laying on of hands because we don't go and teach people the gospel first. Preach the gospel to them. I want you to know that even my grandmother, she had done some preaching. She, and so we had begun to know because of her preaching to us that God was a healer. We didn't understand the lick about it, and we didn't have any faith. But we under, but we began to believe that God was the healer. Now she had moved to our town by the time that happened. But earlier from that, she lived on a ranch about four hours away. Her and my grandfather, he was a rancher, he's a cowboy, and um, Colin was little. He was like a infant all through his like infant and toddler stage. She lived at that way, four hours away. Well, Colin uh was uh, sick a lot, mostly it was in my head, but because <laughs> I was one of those mamas, you know, that, oh, well, you coughed, let's go to the pediatrician. You know, oh, well, you had one little diarrhea, and let's go to the pediatrician, and all this kind of stuff. But my grandmother, over the phone, would preach the gospel to me. And she would tell me how Jesus was the healer and she would give me things about Jesus being a healer. And she got me to believe in so much that um, she, in the anointing with oil and God healing that I didn't have any oil. I didn't have any what I thought was spiritual oil like olive oil, although I don't know why it has to be olive oil. Um, But anyway, I got the baby oil out. And he was a baby, and I went in in his crib, and I anointed him with baby oil, and see, and, and started just stepping out there in my not knowing in my little faith. But anyway, she had preached to me. So many times we're trying to get people healed, and we don't preach the gospel to them. You know, family, I don't want we 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 do this because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. But when people come and say, "I'm standing in for my uh, for my sister's nephew." family we actually give the gospel a bad name when we do things like that because that's not how jesus heals jesus heals when people hear the gospel and so what we need to do is like the people did jesus never healed anybody that was absent from his presence except two people the two people that he healed that were absent from his presence was one is in Mark chapter 5 where Jairus came to him and he said to Jesus, he said, My little daughter. Everybody say little. See, when kids are little, their par- and I'm talking little, their parents can receive for them. I mean, we wouldn't expect Carter to receive for himself, would we? We wouldn't expect some of these younger kids in children's church, the low end... You know, the three years old, the four year old, the five years old. We might not expect them to receive for themselves. But when they get up a little older, a little bigger, they got to do some believing for themselves, don't they? So he said, my little daughter, life at home sick, uh, near death is what he said. And actually in Matthew's account of it, it says she was already dead. Uh, You know, she couldn't come to the meeting. And so, when somebody is under your authority, like your little child, and you can't get them to the meeting, maybe they're in a coma or something, then you can... God, oh, Jesus healed that way. Also, the other person that He healed that wasn't present is when the centurion came to Him and said to Him, My servant flieth at home sick of the palsy. And He said... And Jesus said, I will come and lay hands on him and heal him. And the centurion said, No bother, Jesus. He said, "Uh, you just speak the word only. And then the centurion told him some things. He said, this man is under my authority. See, if this man had not been under his authority, Jesus would have had to go to him and heal him. But he said, no bother, Jesus. This man had such understanding. He said, don't bother. This man is under my authority. Now, we don't have that situation in America because people don't get under people's authority to that degree in America. Because this and this man went into great lengths. This centurion, he said, uh, he said, this man is under my authority. And he said, I have, I am a man under authority. And he said, I have men under uh, under my authority. And when I say to one of them go, they go. And when I say to one of them come, they come. See, there ain't nobody in this room under that kind of authority. There ain't anybody. There's not many people in America under that kind of authority. But see, this man, see what he was saying, speak the word, and this man believes me so much that if I tell him, get up out of that bed, you're healed, he will get up out of that bed. Because he does what I say. And see, in America, we're scared of that kind of authority and letting people be in that kind of authority over us. So when someone is under your authority to that degree, and he was obviously to a place that... The man could not bring him for whatever reason. Then he got him healed when he was not present. But you, as the body of Christ, when somebody's not under your authority, the only way you're going to get them healed is to get them to come and hear the gospel or to go to them and preach the gospel to them. They've got to hear the gospel. God, faith does not work apart from knowledge. God doesn't want anybody thinking that we weren't magic up here. He works with His Word. And so when you go, and so a lot of times, uh, you know, you know what I do? And y'all, they just think this is like ludicrous, but this is just exactly the right way to do it. When I go to places like the beauty shop and stuff like that, and they say to me, well, you know, my cousin's uncle has got cancer, and, I, and they tell me sometimes some of the most gruesome things that are so heartrending, so sad. I just say, oh, that's, that's bad, that's terrible. And I don't say nothing else. I don't say nothing else. I don't tell them God will heal them. Because that's just going to give the gospel a bad name. Because unless that person gets up and comes to church and hears the gospel, or unless some laborer crosses their path and preaches the gospel, they're not going to get healed. This is not magic, folks. This is, come, go preach the gospel. Go preach the gospel. And then lay hands on After you've preached the gospel to them, you see, you've got to get them to believe in something. They don't even have to believe a lot. They don't have to know the whole Bible, but you've got to get them to believe in something about the gospel, something about Jesus. Amen? You know, Brother Hayden says that not one person ever died in his church when he was pastoring churches. Well, first of all, you got to understand, and I'm not saying things are different in the 40s, but I tell you, 40s, but he was pastoring in the 40s, and he didn't compete with some of the things we as pastors compete with. They weren't home watching TV. Everybody say hallelujah. Amen. Well, they weren't. And I will tell you how Brother Hagin got everybody in his church healed. He went to their house every day, and he sat down with them, and he taught them the Word. He taught them the Word. He taught them the Word. And you know what he did? He talked them out of dying. He said, you know, he talks about one lady that said, I just, I'm i tired, I want to go on home. I want to go be with Jesus. I just want to go on home. He said, okay, that's fine. You can go be with Jesus, but don't go home sick. Let's get you healed first. And she said, okay. She was long as she could go be with Jesus, she's fine about it, but let's get healed first. Amen. You can go home well as long as easy as you can go home sick. And so he would teach the gospel to them, get them to believe in something, and get them healed. Well, you know, when you go and preach the gospel to people, you know, family, you can put the bait out there and see if they'll take it. You know, you can start preaching the gospel a little bit, turning to some scriptures and stuff, but if they're kind of gazing up at the TV in the hospital room and kind of going, yeah, that sounds good, uh-huh, uh-huh. but with one eye, they keep looking at the TV, just, just pat them and love them and bless you, God loves you. And walk out. Don't give the gospel a bad name by praying for them and, say, and saying, oh, God's going to heal you. I just know God's going to heal you. No, He's not. No, He's not. God's going to love them. God's going to receive them into heaven if they're Christians, but He's not going to heal them. The Bible, through several times the Bible, says they came to hear and be healed. They came to hear and be healed. And family, they came with, a lot, with some pretty serious sicknesses. They got into the presence of the anointing and into the presence of the gospel. One one guy, remember, his friends talked him into coming and getting healed, and they had to put him on a stretcher, carry him to the meeting, climb up on the roof, take the roof off the house, and let him down in front of Jesus. They knew you had to get to the gospel. You had to get to the point, you had to get to the anointing. You couldn't stay home and saying, Well, if God this is how most Christians, if God wants me healed. I know we had someone in our church in West Texas sick, and we begged her, go to Rhema to healing school. Because sometimes when somebody's really seriously sick, they don't need to just hear the gospel three times a week. And, and, you know, a pastor of a church is having to preach all different things to keep the whole body, you know, in line. And so you don't always hit on healing. Uh, and, we go to, because, and they need to mainline the Word of God. And also sometimes, to tell you the truth, uh, uh, sometimes you... This is the truth. That's why I got different people's healings tape. when I was believing God for healing, is if you don't hear it from one person, sometimes somebody else can hit it just from another little direction. And you know, you'll hear something from one person that'll hit you more than from another. But you've got to be careful who you listen to. Don't listen to people that say God uses the devil sometimes just to show the devil. I heard a preacher on TV that some of you like. Say, well, God uses the devil to put sickness on us so he can show the devil how powerful he is by healing us. God don't use the devil for toilet paper. He don't use him for nothing. He is under our feet. He is scum. He is a scumbag. God wouldn't give him the satisfaction of using him for anything, much less to teach his child something. Amen? People are sincere, but sometimes they're sincerely wrong. Hallelujah. So lay hands after you've preached the gospel. We are transmitters of the anointing, the power of Almighty God. Ooh, hallelujah. We are supposed, I thought this was going to be a short teaching. We are the transmitters in the earth. You know, we're not always supposed to be reaching out to get a charge. Although if we need it, we ought to come get it. But we ought to be transmitters of the anointing. If you've got a dead battery, get to the booster cables and get a jump start and believe something's coming into you. But don't just stay hooked up to the charger all the time. Don't just feed off others. Go help somebody. And you know another little thing while we're on it is you don't have to reach out and touch Jesus. And I know that's a cute song that we used to sing and I've sang it. But we don't reach out and touch Him. He lives on the inside of us. Now we could sing it to a sinner... We could sing it to a sinner, reach out and touch the Lord when He walks by. He'll heal you. But we don't need to reach out and touch Him. He is in us. He is in me. Glory to God. All we need to do is activate what is in us. Glory to God. Uh, People ought to reach out and start touching us. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, The church world hadn't had any power because they've not understood the doctrine of the laying on of hands. We've misused the doctrine. We've laid hands before we taught the gospel. And I'm, I'm, I, I didn't understand it either at one time in my life. Uh, if we don't understand the laying on of hands and we uh, believe it wrong or we're wrong about it, it won't work. And it had. how many of you agree it hadn't worked? For the most part, it has not worked. Why? Because we were believing wrong. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus does the healing. Oh, here's the thing I want to tell you. Things we've said that stop the transmitting of the power of God. Here's the things we've said in the body of Christ. Laying on of hands is just symbolic. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, family. I can remember 18 and something years ago, 15 years ago, when I said stuff like that. This is just symbolic. You know, really trying to make people feel comfortable, not people going don't you think I'm crazy or anything? This is just symbolic. That'll cause the power not to flow. Or this is just a point of contact. In other words, nothing's going to happen, but this is just, I'm laying hands on you just so you can release your faith. Well, that's good. They can release their faith, but it's more than a point of contact. And that causes the power not to flow. Another thing we've said that causes the power not to flow is, we don't have anything in our hands. How many of you ever heard that one? We don't have anything in our hands. We just do it in obedience and Jesus does the healing. Well, of course, all healing comes from Jesus, ultimately. Ultimately, but we got something. Don't look at me. How many of you said that? Don't have you heard that? Don't say you said it. Have you heard it? Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Just look at Jesus. Don't look at me. Just look at Jesus. I don't have anything. It's only Jesus that has something. How many of you heard that? Don't draw attention to me. Turn to Acts chapter three verse one. Don't look at me. Have you already? Has anybody ever heard that but me? Don't look at me. Just look at Jesus. Acts chapter three verse one. Don't look at me. I don't have anything. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask an alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked the alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, What? Look at me! He didn't say, don't look at me. He said, look on us. Look at me. Well, that just messes us all up, doesn't it? Hallelujah. He said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, say such as I have, give I thee. You know, he didn't say, I don't have anything. It's just God's power now. No, he said, such as I have. I have something. I have something that will flow out from the inside of me into you. Now rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand. And he rose up and he walked. And the Bible says he went walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. Oh, when we first got filled with the Spirit, we used to sing that song. Peter and John went to pray. We sang that. He met a layman on the way. And I always liked the part when we got to he's walking and leaping and praising God because in our little charismatic group we we would leap. He's walking and leaping and praising God. He's walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad Peter and John didn't say I don't have anything. Don't look at us now. We ought to be saying to people look at me, listen to me. I got something on the inside of me. 20 years ago, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I got endued with power from on high. And when I lay hands on people, the anointing comes out and it heals people. Amen. I'm so glad my little grandmother didn't say, I don't have anything. Debbie, this may or may not work. It's just a point of contact. Release your faith. I didn't have any faith to release. Amen. (laughs) I didn't have any. Well, I mean, I was listening to her. I was believing as far as I could, you know. But I didn't have... I couldn't have... I couldn't have had enough faith to... Hallelujah. But she had something on the inside of her. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So you've got something on the inside of you. Well, hallelujah. I was going to... I got a bunch more. I wanted to, I thought it would be fast. I wanted to talk about how to keep the charge, how to hold a charge. I wanted to talk about how to get the anointing to flow out of you. Amen. The reason There's one reason it hadn't flowed out of you before. You didn't believe it was going to. You didn't know for sure if it was going to. Not knowing for sure is not believing. It's the same as not believing. Amen. That's one reason why it didn't flow. When you laid hands on people, it didn't flow. Or maybe you had never laid hands because you were scared. It wouldn't flow. But you can be confident. It will. It will flow. Amen. And the Bible says signs follow the word. Signs follow the word if we'll stay back there if we'll preach the word to people. Hallelujah preach the word to people glory to God well we'll I'll finish it someday mean maybe a week from this Sunday night let's stand up together. Hallelujah praise God.